0: you so much. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for sharing uh, your God-given talent. Um, it's good to hear the organ, wasn't it? The piano also, but we, we're, we're blessed with uh, hearing the piano and uh, I know there's some people smiling right now. that uh, They got to hear that wonderful, wonderful music coming from the piano and the organ. Thank you. This morning, um, I want to continue the series. It's, it's funny, it seems like every time I start a series, we, we uh, have to uh, uh, go virtual. So, I don't know, maybe I won't start any more series for a while. But um, I've been talking about following God's will. And I um, started out with uh, following God's will, rejoice always. Then we talked about pray always. Then give thanks always. Last week uh, was pursue sanctification always. And today I'm going to talk about do good always. Following God's will. Do good always. Next week I'm going to talk about discernment and how we should be discerning always. But again, this morning i want to talk to you about the purpose of doing good. And some examples of doing good. And I'm going to start out by reading some scripture. And it comes to us from 1 Peter chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 11 through 15. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that that though they malign you as evildoers... They may see your honorable deeds and glorify God when he comes to judge. For the Lord's sake, accept the authority of every human instruction, whether of the emperor as supreme, or governors as sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to praise those who do right. For it's God's will that by doing right, you should silence the ignorance of the foolish. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for allowing us to be here, Lord. Thank you for that, that scripture. Lord, thank you for this church. Lord, I just pray that um, as I speak this morning, Lord, your, your words of, of love flow through me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, following good God's will, do good always. Trying to combine good and God there in one word. It does not work. I did my best. That's a bunch of... Oh, no. But again, this morning, uh, again, we're going to talk about doing good. We're going to talk about doing good. The scripture we just read, we see that we're supposed to do good. We're supposed to do good works. And we're going to talk about what that looks like. And again, that scripture told us that uh, you know, we, we should glorify God by doing, his work, doing good works through Him. And it talks about how the ignorance of some may be silenced. Again, when they see God working through us, doing good works, they can see the glory of God, not because of what we're doing, but what God has done for us. Again, we're going to take a, a little closer look at the idea of doing good, and I'm going to start out with the purpose of doing good. Why do we do good? You see, we're not saved by good works. I promise you that. I know that. I believe that. We're only saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. We're only saved by his sacrifice, but we're called to do good works. So again, we're not saved by his good works. Good works cannot buy or earn our way to heaven so i don't want you to get the wrong idea we can't do that we cannot do that on our own i don't have care how many good works we do but you see god saves us by his grace not our works ephesians 2 8 9 says for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not the result of works so that no one may boast You see, we are saved to do good works. Once we're saved, we should have a desire to be more like Christ every day. And a part of that is doing good works, doing things for other people. We are now created in Christ to do good works. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. We have been redeemed and purified to be zealous for good works. In other words, we're redeemed, we're purified by what Christ did. We should have a desire to do his work here. See, it's the will of God that we be ready for every good work. Titus 3.1 reminds us of that. And then Titus 3.8 says that we should be careful and maintain good works Titus 3.14 tells us that we should learn to maintain good works. You see, but we have to understand the role of good works. We are called to do good works because they bring glory to God. We have to remember that as we're doing good works, it's not for our glory. We don't do anything for our glory. We don't have a a closed closet for our uh, glory. We don't deliver food for our glory. We do it for His glory. And we need to make sure people know that we're doing it out of the name and the love of Jesus Christ. It comes from nothing that we can do on our own. That's the message we need to be sending, no matter what ministry we're doing. Because they bring glory to God. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus tells us this. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father in heaven. Jesus tells us that when we're doing good works, when we're serving other people, we need to tell them where those good works come from. We need to tell them why we're doing them. Again, it's not for the glorification of me, it's not for the glorification of you, it's not for the glorification of this church, it's the glorification of God, if we're doing it for any other reasons, we're doing it for the wrong reasons. It's to shine the light. It's to let people see Jesus' light shining through us. I can tell you how much I love you. I do. And I tell you quite a bit that I love you. God loves us more than we can even imagine. Have you ever heard that before? You ever heard me say that before? But unless I show you, they're just words. Unless you can see my love through my actions, they're just words. I love you. God loves us more than we can even imagine. When I say that, I truly mean it, and hopefully you can see those things through my actions. You see, because it's necessary for us to do that to be more like Christ. A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified to be like the teacher. In other words, we mirror the way Jesus conducted himself while he was on earth. We allow the Holy Spirit to touch us and work through us to sustain us while sometimes we get tired doing good works. Sometimes doing ministry can be long and tiresome if not for the holy spirit sustaining us every day we can't do it. Again, our good ner- our good works demonstrate the living nature of our faith. Our faith should be living. The first sermon I ever gave here, I told you that being a Christian is a verb. When you call yourself a Christian, that's a verb. People know you're a Christian by what you do, not what you say. And we do that through ministry. We do that by, by, by taking his word to, to folks who don't hear it. We, we do it by, by fulfilling some needs of, of, of folks that can't fulfill some of those needs on their own. That's the way we show that love and grace of Jesus Christ. You see, because good works prepare unbelievers to be receptive to the gospel. I want to repeat that. Good works prepare unbelievers to be receptive to the gospel. If we're trying to reach the lost, we need to be reaching the lost through some actions instead of our words. We can tell them that we're going to go pray for them. And we should go pray for them. But unless we put those prayers in action, are they just words? God's calling us to ministry. He's calling us to do these things right now. He's speaking to us right now that there's things, there's a lot of work out there. There's some lonely people in this world, there's some people that just need some visits. There's some people that just need to know how much they're loved. You see, good works sometimes meet urgent needs of those around us. We've got some hurting people pretty close to us, they may be hurting because they're hungry, lonely been cast out, we don't know what people are going through. But I guarantee you, everybody's going through something. And I promise you, you will never look at the eyes of anybody and not see some human being that Jesus died for. Those are the people we're called to do ministry with and for. See, examples, I'm going to give you some examples now of doing good work. It's caring for widows and orphans, for everybody in need, the poor, the afflicted. Anybody who needs the grace of Jesus Christ, that's what good works are for. You see, good works are an indicator of pure and undefiled religion before God. That's what James tells us. You see, we're practicing pure and undefiled religion before God when we're carrying out His mission. We're supposed to support the weak. Paul exemplified this as he, carried the word to, as he carried the word to places that really didn't want to hear it. He was imprisoned, but he still wanted to do the good deeds and carry the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ into places that, again, was not accepted very much. And we're called to support and bear the burdens of others. Just like we're supposed to give our burdens to Jesus Christ, we're supposed to help other people carry their burdens. We can carry some burdens, but if we don't point them to Jesus Christ, we can't carry all of everybody's burdens. If we don't point them to a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, then we're still going to get tired. So we support the weak. Also, we visit the sick. We visit the sick. One of the most frustrating things about being a pastor right now is we can't always go in and and visit uh, folks, and it's, 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 it's kind of frustrating, to be honest with you. But we're called to visit and take care of the sick. don't care what ministry you're called to, we're called to take care and visit the sick. We're called to pray with and for the sick. Do we care for the sick? Another thing we're supposed to do is we're supposed to entertain strangers. My grandmother used to say you never know when you're entertaining angels unaware. She was a good role model for that. I saw her, we lived pretty close to train tracks. I remember, I'm old enough to remember hobos And I remember how my family took care of those. Those are good examples of doing good through the name of Jesus Christ. You see, we're to show hospitality, which means we're supposed to love strangers. We're supposed to love people and take care of people that are not like us. They could be traveling through. They may look different than us. They may smell different than us. There may be all kinds of things, but we're called to love them and care for them just like they were our own family. We're required to take care and care for our elders, our widows, our orphans. And the ones, when I say ours, I don't mean just the ones from this congregation or this community. It's any that we come in contact with. We're called to take the love and grace of Jesus Christ to them. We're also called to share, share our wealth. We're called to share our wealth. Part of being a Christian is being good stewards. We're supposed to Everything we have, God gave us. Everything we have has a gift from God. It doesn't matter if you're wealthy. It doesn't matter if you're poor. And we're called to give a little bit of that back. He don't ask for a whole lot. But just like we're required to share our time, our testimony, our prayer, and our praise, we're called to share with that. We're spoiled people. I don't know if you realize it, but we are a very spoiled people. I've never in my life, if you just find hunger the way... Uh, Organizations that that operate by feeding the hungry if you desire. I've never been hungry in my life But there are a lot of people who are The definition of hungry or of of hunger is actually someone who has not eaten And they hadn't eaten in so long. They're going to be physically ill and They don't know where the next meal is coming from If you've never been through that you're blessed and you have something to share That's what we're called to do. Again, not the good works to make us feel good, but sometimes it does. Sometimes that Holy Spirit will give us just a feeling of, of joy that we can't explain when we do it, but that's not the reason why we do it. We do it to take the love of Jesus Christ to people, we do it to grow to become more like Christ every day. We do it so you can look past my inefficiencies as a person, as a pastor. You can look past those when I show you love. And when I can tell you that love came from Jesus Christ, because again, it's nothing that I can do. I can't save you, but I know who can. You see, we have the ability and opportunity to minister to people all the time. We have the the, the opportunity and, and, and the ability to do good works to everyone we meet all the time. And when we rely on that Holy Spirit, when we rely on the grace of Jesus, we won't get tired of doing it. And you may be asking me, where can I start? You know, where can I start with this type of love and generosity and doing good works? I believe you need to bloom where you're planted to start with. God's calling us. He's talking to us right now. The best place you can start doing good is at your home. Do good for your family. Do good for your neighbors. That's where you should start. And if you're a kid, then you need to start at school. Do good to your friends. Do good to those who are not your friends. Again, do good to the people that are different from you. You can do good at work. You can, do good to your, you can be good to your employers, your fellow co-workers, or your employees. That's where we start is where we are. How about at church? We can do good for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can take care of each other. Man, we do an awesome job of that. I just want to tell you, that is an awesome job that we do here. We care for each other and we love each other. When one of us hurts, we all hurt. I've seen it. Then we can do good in our community. We can do good for the poor. We can do good for the homeless. We can do good for our enemies. We don't have to agree with somebody to do good. We don't have to give them a test to see if they... Or exactly like us. We can still be good to them. Because our goodness does not come from... The the goodness does not come from Stacy Morgan, I promise you. If I relied on my goodness, I'm going to fail all the time. That goodness only comes through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working through you. That's the only place. Don't get me wrong. You call on me, I'll do anything in my power to help you and walk with you. But if I don't show you the love and grace of Jesus Christ, I can't sustain it. Only he can. You see, doing good can lead to praising God. Praising God on one hand and silencing critics of our faith on the other. So we don't need to be weary or grow weary of doing good. Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we are, if we do not lose heart. Therefore, we have opportunity. Let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. Again, we need to take care of each other. I'm going to close just with a few questions to ponder, because again, I like to do that. If you rely on me to answer all your questions, you're going to be uh, not much, uh, well, let's just say, you need to ponder some of these and answer them on your own. But at home, are you doing good for your family? Are you taking care of your neighbors? When you're at school, are you, doing good with your friend? are you doing good to your friends? How about the people that are not your friends? Are you still showing them love and grace? At work, are you taking care of all the people around you? Are you lifting them up? Are you showing them the grace of God? How about at church? Again, we do a great job taking care of each other. I could probably tell you that, you know, if you're answering this question, yeah, you. you can, but we still do better. When we think we got it exactly right, we need to practice some more. And are we doing good in our community? Are we doing good by the poor, the homeless, the people that don't look like us and agree with us? Are we doing good by them? This morning, if you're listening or if you 're here and you hadn't received that grace of Jesus Christ, you don't have that feeling that I can do anything through his power that you don't have that feeling that maybe hey I haven't experienced that grace i don't know what you're talking about if you've never experienced that today's a wonderful opportunity to grow to come to a a, a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. A loving, forgiving, grace filled relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, if you've been on here a while and you, you can't answer all these questions, I just ask you. I, I, I pray that you make a decision today to start where you are, wherever it may be, and start showing that love and grace to everybody and t- trying to take care of each other's needs. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for this church. Lord, this morning, I especially want to thank you for your love and grace. Lord, you made us in your own image, which does not mean we're perfect, Lord. The only way we can become perfect is to strive to live more and more like you every day, Lord. And you sustain us with your Holy Spirit. And when we fall short, Lord, we know that you're there to forgive us. Lord, help us as we go from this place, Lord, help us show that love and grace to everybody we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me offer a benediction. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, go with us now. Lord, just carry your message into a lost war- world. Lord, help us do your good works and take care of each other, Lord, the way you've taken care of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.